This is John Andertrek with Labor Lines. Labor Lines, the radio show on KRFP, Moscow, Idaho, 90.3 FM. And Labor Lines, the podcast that you can find on Anchor FM, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and some other platforms. Joining me today, the 25th of July, is Big John with Second Call, an uh, organization that's helping people uh get a better life going, including get into the trades. Uh, so John is gracious enough to join me uh, this morning and talk about uh, this organization's efforts and uh, give us a little background on himself. So uh, uh, John, the show is all yours. Go right ahead. Hey, thank you, John. Thanks for having me. So again, like you said, my name is Big John. I am a facilitator for Second Call, which is a nonprofit organization that stands for Second Chances at Loving Life. And initially, it started off as hardcore gang intervention back in 2006. But when I met one of the co-founders, Skip Townsend and Kenny Smith, I asked them a simple question. I said, after a young man or woman stops gangbanging, then what? And so they, they didn't have an answer. They were getting no jobs. I said, hey, listen, I'm a union electrician, and what I'll do is I'll see what you guys are doing, and I'll bring the trades to the organization. And so around 2008 is when I started dealing with Second Call, and what I did was was brought the trades, meet that electrician, saved my life. I knew what it could do for the same individuals who lived a life like me. Ex-gang member, been to prison, grew up in the community, with a lot of police involvement, jail, things of that nature. Witnessing a lot of things that just wasn't normal. But it was the trick. An electrician. Go ahead. And so I brought that song. Um, we started the process of teaching life skills and teaching young men and women how to love themselves. So we deal with low self-esteem anger management, unresolved trauma, domestic violence, violence, things of that nature to where angry behaviors, anger uh, management, and other things, depression. So, because I understood that in our communities that oftentimes we will say that the remedy is to give someone a job. We disagree. The remedy is for a person to learn how to love themselves. Then we get them into a career, not a job. But they have to learn how to love themselves. So if a, if a person is in the community and they don't love themselves, I don't care what kind of career or job that's offered to them, they will not do good because they don't love themselves. And so we teach that on a weekly basis. And for the last 13, 14 years, I've gotten... 1,500 individuals into trades because of the life skills class. And it's a weekly basis. It's free of charge. We all volunteer. I get a chance to volunteer at my church at London Life Christian Church every Thursday. Teach these classes. And now we've expanded to where we have about 14 classes. I even got some started in San Diego. Start something up in Sacramento because 
the same it's the same song, just different city as far as low self esteem. And low self esteem has no color barrier. It has no economic background. Low self esteem is low self esteem. So in the classes, there's a mixture of every culture, generation, and ethnic groups. It's just a mixture of everybody. And that's what makes it beautiful. So that's in a nutshell what we do. Well, that's uh, very, very good, John. Uh, and, you know, when you mentioned your church, uh, when I heard uh, uh, the, you speak of uh, learning to love yourself, it did seem there the connection uh, with the message, uh, the Christian message in many respects. Um, and he spoke about how you had to get that going before you gave him a job. But let me ask you this, because this is my feeling of the trades. Uh, I was in the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, also Local 44, Butte, Montana. Yeah, I was a groundman uh, outside, as we call it. Uh, retired from that recently uh, due to uh, uh, my age, really. I just can't do find jobs I can do with the laborers. Uh, one of the attributes of, of the trade to me are many of the jobs that you can get on is uh, uh, there's a, a pretty good direct feedback, if you will, loop in that, uh, uh, not to denigrate any job, but in the trade, at the end result and uh, associate yourself with that and feel, uh, I believe, a justified sense of pride, be it a building or a bridge or uh, uh, a transmission line, to know that you were part of that. Do you, do you, is there a sense there? Do you feel that uh, that helps with the, with, the, with the brothers and sisters that you work with when you, when you get them going? I mean, think about it. I was a young man that was absolutely lost. I learned how to be a man when I was in prison. When I got out, the very community that I destroyed is the very community that I build now. I mean, before I went to prison, I thought that having a career or anybody going to work was for stupid people. They didn't understand the real world. When in reality, I had it backwards. It was me that didn't understand the real world and had to understand that the real world gets up and goes to work every day. So what I did was, once I learned how to be a better person while I was in prison, when I got out, I didn't leave the community. I uh, showed and led by example what can happen if I change my mindset and how I view things. So now that I career every day and I go out and I build America 10 feet at a time. But more importantly, I'm able to help others that live just like how I live and help them to get into a career. Now when I walk into somewhere, because I'm in my 25th year now, and I know how things are built. And it feels good to actually know how something was done. And the IBEW and what they teach, it builds such character that you will walk in somewhere and feel a sense of pride because I built the Staples Center, Dodger Stadium, hospitals, water plants, schools, universities, 
those are the things I've had my hands on either as a worker or a leader. And so it builds a sense of pride. And in the community, instead of being a renter, <laughs> I'm an owner. And one of the things about one of the things about being in, in the trade is a sense of ownership. And that's the difference between a job and a career. Jobs probably have you renting from apartments where a career can have you being an owner of your home. And so now a lot of individuals who was picking up guns are now picking up tape measures. And a lot of those individuals who were doing home invasions are now purchasing homes. And that's the power of the trades because learning the life skills, when they get out to the field, they don't blow it. They don't make the excuse of the white man won't hire me or there's no jobs out there, things of that nature. No. In the life skills class, we teach how to build the confidence and tear down that wall of rejection. And let's get the facts on what it takes to become a tradesperson. And then we'll start going down that road. So that way, once they get in, then we teach them how to keep it. Showing up two hours early instead of two minutes late. Working with the purpose. Not being lazy. Not being complacent. And working hard and understanding what's being done out there in the field. So it's a continued work. It never stops. There's no beginning and no end. And that's one of the things that I find to help an individual become successful is being consistent in their performance, being consistent and waking up every day and going to work 40 hours a week minimum for a minimum of 25 years. And that's what we preach and teach. That's excellent. And going back to my experience with the trades, and I've done other work that would be described as physical. Uh, I was a wildland firefighter. Um, a couple of things, uh, you know, especially uh, in our country uh, uh, and with uh, uh, what you can learn, uh, what society kind of teaches you, you got to be the tough guy. Um, you, you get into a, a, a if you're a wireman, uh, narrow back and electricians union, uh, inside work, uh, you're, you're, uh, doing some pretty tough stuff, uh, but you learn, uh, I think, I'm going to say this, uh, learn that, uh, you, that you can never be tough enough for the job. You're going to have to learn to work with other people. Uh, you're going to have to learn, um, and that what I call that team cohesion. Boy, when you're on a good team, when you get on a project, I was just doing an outage at a paper plant here in Longview where I live, and uh, there were four or five of us, and the team was good. It's dangerous work, and that's another uh, part of it, in my opinion, John, and I'll let you add uh, your thoughts, is uh, you learn to truly look out for each other uh, uh, in, in an actual sense, uh, not perhaps as you would see in uh, uh, on the street corner, but uh, that you're all in it together. You got to look out for each other. No one person can do the job. Uh, you got to learn to work together uh, in a in an honest and and constructive manner. Uh, with your thoughts? Absolutely. But that's the beauty of understanding who one is. Because think about what you just said. That you say like we work together. It's the same thought process being in the game. We work together. We're brotherhood. The difference is, is that if I'm part of a, a gang, we all are together. We just, our focus is different. 
So instead of being a gang, now I'm part of an organization with IBEW. There's a different thought process as far as this is what we're going to do to go build America and go do things, but you're part of a good team. But it's the same thing if in the community and you become part of a gang. I mean, think about it. Most of the gang members, they call them gang members. These are people I grew up with. This is my community. It would be no different if I lived in the community and it was a heavy influence of Ku Klux Klan or something like that. And they grew up around it. The difference is, is that that mindset changes with starting to love thyself. But then if I start loving myself, I do not turn my back on my community. I help my community say, hey, if this happens for me, it can happen for you when you're ready to change. And that's one of the things that I'm grateful for with the trade because the nation, they just said that you have to follow these rules to get in. And there's rules in everything. Absolute blessing to be able to help the very community that I destroyed when I was absolutely ignorant and didn't have no thought process of what men supposed to do in their community and what community meant because I didn't have that reference point. I didn't see anybody waking up in the morning going to work. It was a lot of women in the household because the men were either drug addicts or in prison. And so the reference point was a little bit different. I just didn't know it was better, but once I knew better, now I had to do better, and now that I do better, They want to change. We have avenues to help them change because it worked for me. So I'm a, I teach it because I went through it and we've been really successful at it because we teach a person how to love themselves because how can I, like I was going to school and I would miss days or didn't eat for two or three days when I would get to school late would tell me to just go sit in the back. But what she didn't know was that I had to eat and I just got shot at, but she didn't care. And so for me, living in my community growing up like that, because my mother was a drug addict. So I didn't have that guidance to where I understood the importance of it. But then also when I got to the school, the teachers didn't care because they didn't live in my community and they didn't look like me. So it didn't matter to them. So there that has an individual just sitting there like, well, whatever. So for me, I dropped out of school like in the ninth grade. Now, I just, I just started just living on the streets and doing everything I'm not supposed to be doing. And that's how I ended up in prison. But looking back, could I have stayed? Yes. But the best thing that happened to me was I'm that like that. There should have been things to where uh, I, I could have been able to... I'm not blaming the school system. I'm just saying that it didn't do me no favors. <laughs> and maybe it's just because I was looking at it differently because of my circumstances at home, which a lot of individuals go through in my community. But now it's okay because the, the IDW and the organization I work for, more Meadows, they understand what's going on in the community. And I can safely say that IBW and Moral Meadows have embraced what I do in the community because of the diversity that we see in Local 11 and at Moral Meadows. That's a direct result of them 
in are they comfort zone and understanding these communities what's going on, and then me ensure that the community don't blow it when they do these opportunities. Right. Okay. I'm, this is John Andrzejczyk with Labor Lines on KRFP, Moscow, Idaho, and Labor Lines, the podcast. Uh, right now, I have John, Big John, uh, electrician out of uh, San Diego, International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers. Uh, did I get that wrong? Oh, excuse me, Los Angeles. Okay. Yeah, I'm glad you corrected me. John, John is talking about his work with Second Call, which... Uh, uh, is an outreach program, I'll say. Uh, it's been around for a few years, helping people uh, turn around their lives. Uh, uh, those who uh, uh, have been on the street, if you will, uh, gang banging was a term he used. Get them up, up, get them squared away with how they look at themselves to learn to love themselves. And at that point, uh, move them towards uh, careers in, uh, among others, the trades, as we call it. Uh, which is a great field. John, someone once told me, I was interviewing uh, uh, someone with our great union, and the way he put it, and, you know, simple terms sometimes would be a little too simple, but uh, the way he put it in the trades, uh, we worry less about what you did yesterday and about we, what we look at is what you're going to do today. Uh, is that what these uh, young men and women that are now off the street uh, kind of put together and getting into trades, is that what they could expect? It's what they're going to deliver that day they show up to work and not maybe what they did in their past? Absolutely. One of the things that the trade pieces in the trade is do not look in the rearview mirror. The rearview mirror is a reference point. And it's the reason why that rearview mirror is the smallest mirror in the car is because it's not meant for you to look back, look forward. So one of the things that the trades do is they don't want to hear about what happened to you. They want to know what you did about it. And so when they see that a person that got knocked down two times, they got up three times, they can respect that. And that's what we talk about. Fighting every single day. And now it's gotten to the point now to where my classes now, I average about, on a monthly basis, I average about three to 400 people a week, I mean a month. And out of that three or 400 people, a lot of them now are 18-year-old, 19, never been to prison. But they have low self-esteem because no one told them about the trades. It's women who have been abused and battered. They've never been to prison, but they got low self-esteem. So now it's a continued cycle now to where it's a mixture of professionals, college students, prisoners, and children who are learning how to love themselves because all of those categories, the one common theme was low self-esteem. Because I remember growing up being expert that I had no idea that I had low self-esteem, but I did when I would put my colors on. Didn't know that I wanted to commit suicide, I just wanted somebody else to do it. And that's why my colors were so bright and everybody knew what gang I was part of because I wanted to die. I had no self-esteem, but I didn't want to do it myself because in my community, mental health is like a taboo to me. If I walked up and told one of my community members that I was depressed, they would make fun of me and talk bad to me. And so a lot of people suppress those feelings of fear of guilt or judgment. Well, now that I'm 52 years old and I love myself, I can have that conversation and say, hey, 
you know, sometimes when I think about my mother, my mother's not here anymore. She's dead. And I can have a conversation about feeling depressed. I can have a conversation about not going too well today and then move forward where I'm not being judged by it. Whereas back when I was 15, 16 years old, I would have never said nothing like that because it was a sign of weakness. And that's what was portrayed in our community that that's the weakness. And I can remember being in prison and my mother asked me, why was I so violent? And I asked her, was that a trick question? Because she was the one who taught me how to be violent. She said, hey, if somebody hits you, you hit them back. If they're bigger than you, you pick up something, you even the plan field. More importantly, waste up pride. That's some stuff that girls do. You don't cry, you don't do nothing. And, and, and whatever you do, don't ever snitch. Those were the things that were taught to us. And so I can see the, the damage of it later on in life in the community with those who have the same principle, but not loving ourselves and doing things that are self-destructive. And, and so for me, we want to live a better life, but the way to do it, I got to start loving myself. And second hope helps with teaching individuals how to love themselves and understand it's a process, not a goal, and what we do is not a program, it's a way of life. There's no beginning or end coming to second call. It's just, we just there. I'm just there every Thursday, 6 to 8 p.m., every Thursday, period. And we learn from each other's experience. It does not have to be your own. Excellent. You know, John, uh, I had to stop when you talked about putting on the colors, putting on your colors, you know, you hear about that gang colors. Uh, uh, but boy, you want to put on some colors, put on those union colors. How's that sound? I mean, you know, put on union pride that you're part of a uh, an organization, uh, a brotherhood, which embraces more and more brothers and sisters. Uh, while, while the unions, I mean, I'm not going to... Uh, be a, a denier we, we have a ways to go but I, i'm afraid a lot of people still don't understand how far we have gone and just think of it as uh, a bunch of old guys in the back room running things uh, i am so proud of the international brotherhood of electrical workers i'm proud of where the you are my laborers are i work with uh i'm working now with uh women apprentices on both jobs right now i'm flagging before that we were scaffolding a, a paper plant uh and uh and once again, if you really want to learn learn about uh, uh, cohesion, as I, I would call it, team cohesion, uh, you really want to talk about being a tight group, uh, uh, you start slinging steel on a scaffolding job or pulling wire or uh, humping uh, conduit on an inside wire job, uh, you learn all about uh, about uh, sticking together and being a whole different type of gang. Uh, your thoughts? I cannot tell you that our international president, he embraces electricians without borders. He embraces the the differences. And now, do we have a long way to go? Absolutely. But you know what, though? We in the fight. And from the top down, all the way down to the first year apprentice coming in, they understand that it's a brother and sisterhood. And Unfortunately, in our communities, when I say our community, I'm talking about the community I grew up in, the trade wasn't talked about. And most people had these things in their heads that, like you said, it was just full of white guys and there wasn't no way for other people to get in. But that's way different now. 
and we are making changes. We are breaking down barriers, and it starts from the top, and the top is doing it, and we're doing it, and it's just a beautiful thing to go into a school and talk about the trades, and people just don't, a lot of people don't understand them because everybody's telling their kids to go to college, which I don't understand what that means. And so to build these things and to have trades that will accept women and blacks and people of different and races and everything is just beautiful. And, and we build in this country just like the melting pot that we are and making it happen. I agree. And, you know, I look at it two ways, uh, John. I look and and uh, getting those folks that, that a generation or two ago didn't have the opportunity uh, is one that is the moral or ethical that everyone should have that equal opportunity. But to me, also, there's another side of it for us in uh, organized labor in unions. When you look at where we're at in union density, and, and even worse in union families, what I mean by that is people that can maybe say they don't in the union, but they have a family member in a union. And uh, with without that family density, you have people that don't understand, don't cross a picket line that, that you know, you you look at a political candidate on their stance in labor. Um, but to me, again, I look at it as uh, an absolute act of uh, self-preservation for us in labor because uh, people can look and say, well, that's great that you're making this great livelihood doing this work in the union trade, but if I can't get into it or my son and daughter can't into it, why should I care about it? What you're doing, what Lonnie Stevenson's doing on the top all the way through our union and other trades is and uh, and making sure that people understand it's going to be all of us or it's it's going to be and so then it goes down to the contractor level I mean, Rock Meadows and Captain Dish, they understand, and it started with Karen Price because they took over after Rob Sinker data business to them, and Karen was one of the ones, Karen Price was one of the ones who understood diversity, and then I was able to teach them to deal with individuals who are doing the work. A lot of organizations, organizations out there that say that they do diversity and inclusion, but they really don't. But we do the work, and I, the IBW and More Metals, they really do, they learn how to do the work with integrity and do it the right way. And that's how we have been able to be successful and just make it a way to where, hey, we can bring you in. It doesn't matter that you were abused. It doesn't matter that you've been to prison. We will teach you how to love yourself first, and then we'll get you in be part of his brother and sisterhood and we can all work together. Well, that's wonderful. John, Big John with Second Call, and just as he said, his mission to, to take folks and uh, let them learn their value. Uh, you mentioned earlier on, John, your association with your church. Uh, uh, I, I, I'm a Catholic, and, you know, the, the message of Christ is that we see, see Christ in all of us, uh, and so I welcome that on my show here. Uh, you've been doing the great work. You joined me this morning, the 25th of July, 
uh, Sunday morning. Uh, um, I call the Union Made product the weekend. Uh, closing up here, John, is there anything you'd like to add? Any way people interested in your organization could get hold of you or find out more about it? and they can look up what we do. Or I would encourage people to go to the Moro Meadows website, M-O-R-R-O-W-M-E-A-D-O-W-S.com and look at what Moro Meadows is doing as an organization in the communities and nationwide to grow the organization. But more importantly, what they're doing to help change and save lives also because they understand it. And I was glad to be a part of it and they allowed me to grow. Whereas when you see the moral metals logo in the community is synonymous with giving people opportunities to earn them and, and being doing it with integrity. And that's all thanks to, again, the Lord up above and giving me an opportunity to turn my life around, but more importantly, help others that same serenity, no matter what religious background they're from, no matter where they from, and having the ability to help individuals grow just like I've grown and not judge them. John, well, I hear your words. I, I, hear, I hear it from uh, my teachings, my faith. Uh, and they asked him, uh, when did we do this for you, teacher? And then he said, when you did it for the least of my brothers. There you are living it, man. God bless you. I'm so moved. I'm so grateful for your time here. Uh, again, John Andercheck, Labor Lines, the radio show on KRFP, and the podcast Labor Lines to be found on Anchor FM and other platforms. Thanks for joining me. Just stand in line, John, but I'm going to stop recording now.